I couldn't do anything, and it there stayed on me, and I just felt like it would shake. I asked some people to pray. I, I did some things, different things, went to counseling, went to my doctor, did all kinds of things, because there was something that was obviously out of order that needed to be reset. It's not just objects. It's not just floors. It's people. It's perspectives. It's things that we often don't even realize are happening because they happen slowly sometimes. They happen un almost with uh, imperceptibly at times. But still, when you get to a certain spot and you realize that, whoa, it's out of order. Things are not where I thought they would be. There's a for some of us, it might look that there's a diminished zeal or passion that once was high is now ebbed out. So it's barely there at all. So busy that we survive. We are people that live for the weekend. Hope to make it to Friday. Friday. Every day. We try to make it through. We, every day except Friday is a case of the Mondays. We're, sometimes our relationship that was once vital with Jesus has become obligation, has become stale, has become about church attendance rather than uh, a life being changed. Some of us have an ongoing battle with the addiction that we hope nobody ever finds out our addiction of choice, whether it's alcohol or it's pornography or it's food or who knows what it might be, but we keep it under wraps. But we know things are, need to be reset. Some of us are so frustrated with people at work that, that we can't wait to drive someone. To Timmy's, I mean, not just drive them, but... Some of us are stuck in a place where we never see ourselves moving beyond the loss of a relationship that we thought would always be there for us or a past that keeps leaking into our present and affecting our future. We need a reset. I read this story of a guy who was looking for a job. He desperately needed a job, and so he went to a zoo, and he said, I really need a job. Uh, you're the last place that I can find that would have a job. I hope you can. He said, I can shovel things. I can, I can open gates. I can greet people. I can hand out flyers, whatever. Uh, we, we got no job like that. I'll do anything. Now, okay, before you say anything, I'm going to tell you what I have, and then you can decide. He said, what I really need is this morning, our gorilla died. And I need somebody who will get in this amazing gorilla suit and go into the cage and perform so everybody, because the gorilla is the main attraction of the zoo. And so we need somebody that will put on the suit and go in and perform like a gorilla so that people keep coming. We absolutely, now, are you kidding me? I, I couldn't go in and put on a gorilla suit. It's the only job that we have. And because the man was desperate for a job, he put on the gorilla suit and he got in and he was a little bit shy at first, but he started eating the peanuts and he started getting a little hunched like a gorilla started moving around. He saw the kids were beginning to gather, so he started getting into it. He was pumped, and he was jumping around, and they're laughing, crowds gathering, and he starts swinging on a rope, and it's so good. And, and now he was getting really pumped up, and so he grabbed that rope, and, and he swung with all his might, and it let go. It broke. And as he was swinging, he went right over the fence and landed in the lion cage. And he's like, oh my goodness. And the, right away the lion comes up and jumps on his chest. And he's like, help, help, I'm a human. Let me go, help somebody, help me. And then suddenly he's a, he hears a little muffled voice behind the mane. It says, shut up, idiot, or we're both going to get fired. <laughs> what is the point of that story? There is a point. I think some of us come to church sometimes and put on our Christian suit. 
and we look like a Christian, we act like a Christian, but we hope that nobody ever finds out what's really going on behind the suit. We look fine, we smile good, but inside we know that our family's falling apart, that our marriage is crumbling, that we have no idea how we're going to break out of what we're going through right now. We have no way to, to set our life on a right track, and we just feel like I, all I can do is look good and hope nobody finds out. Maybe I'll change my job. Maybe I'll change my spouse. Maybe I'll change uh, my house. Maybe I'll change my major. I, I hope if I just get the right connection, if I just get the right opportunity, if I just get my, the right financial breakthrough, and we think, and then on top of that, we're struggling with all that, and we look at what's going on in the world, and there seems to be so much craziness going on, ancient landmarks of truth and morality that are being moved, hatred between different ethnic groups, and political division from the left and the right, and there's craziness going on in so many places. And then we have our own life where we feel too busy. We feel too broken. We feel unqualified. We feel like the apathy has overwhelmed our life. And we exist in a Christian suit. But in John 10 and 10, Jesus said this about his followers. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. He never intended us to put on some suit and put on some act and try and just get through life by existing and, and trying to get it by attaining this or working harder or, or getting a little more hustle on. And it just doesn't work. But often, just like the house that settles due to pressure and time and weight, we settle, but in a different way. We begin to survive, to get by, to exist, to just settle. A preacher I heard this summer by the name of Darius Daniel said that your settling is like putting a period where God only intends a comma. It's over. It won't ever change. I'm never going to see it. It's never going to break through. I'm in this difficult situation and so often we get stuck and we forget the potential that God has inside of you because of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And we come into this story and we see two perspectives. We see a crowd and disciples who gathered around Jesus and because of what he can do for them, they have a short-term perspective. They, they're thankful that he feeds them. They're thankful that he heals them. They're thankful that, that he brings joy into their life and all kinds of stuff. And they have a very short-term perspective and they're thinking, if he could just make my life better by dealing with the oppression that I'm under, then I'll be okay. That's why he came, just, just to do that. They saw Jesus as the one that fixed their marriage, and he does, but that's, there's more to the story. They saw Jesus as the one that would provide for them, and he does, but there's more to the story. They saw Jesus as simply a way to be a, like a panacea for their problem, but there's more to the story. They saw Jesus as one who would deal with those that oppress them, their haters, but there's more to the story. It wasn't bad to believe that. It's just incomplete. It's just incomplete, an incomplete view of what Jesus has done and who he is. And then Jesus uses a term. He's called the Son of Man. And when they hear the Son of Man, we just read that the Son of Man. It's somebody who is a son of a man. Son of man. Not complicated. But when the people who were listening heard that, what they heard was, in their context, that meant the conquering king, the one who has come to fix everything. And so when they heard that, they began to say, okay, not only is he going to fix my thing, he's going to deal with my oppressor. And so when he started to say, I'm going to die, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, go, uh, 
Go, I'm a little distracted, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to die, and then I'm going to be buried and rise again. He said, so they began to look at it. We've, we've got big plans, and Jesus says, as we've said, get behind me, Satan. And he began to address a mindset that often we have that is an adversary to your future. This is a mindset that will stop you from moving forward. It's a mindset will, that will control your everyday. It could be a mindset that will stop you from God's best for you, the abundant life that Jesus has for you. And it's this mindset that says, it has to be my way. It has to be my plan. It has to be my path. And if it's all that, then Jesus, it's going to be all right. And when you talk about crazy talk, Jesus, about doing incredible things, hey, hey, settle down. This is my way. So Jesus does this hard reset on Peter, and he says, no, no, Peter, I'm going to bring you back to where it's supposed to be the original position. Peter, your mindset's not going to help you. It's going to work against you. It's going to limit you. It's going to stop what God has for you. And then he throws out an invitation. He says, that's not the way. I'm not just a panacea. I'm not just a one-shot deal to help you through a difficult spot. He throws out an invitation, and he says these words, whoever wants to be my disciple." There's a crowd, and he throws out this invitation. Whoever, whoever, rich, poor, different ethnicities, men, women, children, the high and mighty, the lowly, everybody, whoever. See, that's the Jesus that he just throws open the door and says, you are welcome, very broad, and then he begins to limit it. Wants to be my disciple, my apprentice. That's what that word basically means, is my apprentice. A disciple is one who wanted to become like the one that they were following. They knew that they didn't have the answer. They knew they didn't have the way. They, didn't know, they knew that they needed help, and they asked the apprentice or the master to help them. Because if you want to change your life, you need to move from being one of the crowd to being the disciple of one. There are all kinds of people that will observe Jesus the work of Jesus that's happening. There are all kinds of people who want to be around an environment where they sense Jesus. There are all kinds of people who want to know that they have a relationship with Jesus. But Jesus wants to move you from the crowd where you have momentary moments with him to being a disciple where he can begin to transform your life, can begin to move you on a new path, can begin to do something that's fresh and new, can keep you moving towards your destiny, can keep doing a work that's deep in you, can take you farther than you ever thought you could go, can take you into places that you have no business going into, can give you influence that's beyond your pedigree, can take you further than your background should indicate you should go. But some of us want to stay in the crowd, but Jesus is saying, whoever wants to be my disciple. And then he goes on. He doesn't stop there. See, the way, of the, the way of Jesus is not the way of the world. The way of Jesus is different. The potential of God in you is only released from you when you surrender to the call of God on you. All of us are full of potential. When Jesus, if you, when you when you were created, there's a the dream of God in you. And when you come to know Jesus, that can begin to be unlocked. But it's up to you whether it stays locked up inside of you or it begins to be manifested through your life. There's great potential in you, potential to change lives, potential to do things that, that you only dreamed about. Some of you are living in potential and have failed to walk into your purpose, but this could be your day. 
This could be your year where God begins to reset your life and reorient your perspective and reorder where you've been going so that your life can be the purpose that God intended it to be. Whoever wants to be my disciple. Then Jesus says three incredibly powerful statements. Whoever wants to be my disciple must, first one, deny themselves. Ah. Now all these statements taken in isolation sound rather directive, sound rather, I don't really know if I want to do them. Deny myself, I kind of like my way. I kind of like the way that I do life. It works for me. But if we want our life to go forward, Jesus is saying, I want you to deny yourself. I want you to step out of your way or the highway. I want you to step out of your isolation where you have no relationship that's pushing you forward, leading you forward. He's saying, I want you to deny yourself. Denying myself is not thinking that I'm less. It's just thinking less of myself. Or not thinking less of myself. It's thinking of myself less. That I'm not the only person person that has to, I have to be concerned about. Jesus says, will you deny yourself? Deny myself is being willing to alter my schedule to pray someone into freedom. It's being willing to allow someone into my space. It's choosing forgiveness and reconciliation instead of my way. It's moving out of isolation that feels comfortable into relationship that is transformational. See, we want to help you to do this this year. So we have things called groups where we want to help you to find your people because the you that's all by yourself will never become what God intended for you. The potential that's inside of you will stay locked up inside of you and will never step into the purpose of God for your life. Someone has said that the purpose of God for your life is the way that God wants to use you to help solve a problem. And there will be problems that will not get solved in the world if we don't step into our purpose. We will remain in potential and never see what God intended for our life. We will forever stay in a gorilla suit when God has the real thing for us. He wants us to step into our future. He wants us to step into the plan of God for our life. And he calls us, say, deny yourself. Find your people. The potential of God in you is released when you surrender to the call of God on you. And he calls you also to pick up your cross and follow. Pick up your cross and sacrifice. And sometimes when we look at that, we say, man, we have a saying in our culture that says, just my cross to bear. It's just my thing to go through. It's like it's this bad thing that I just got to endure. But what the cross talked about, see, the Bible says about Jesus, he says, he endured the cross or for the joy set before him, endured the cross. In other words, his perspective was not the cross. The cross was only a means to his purpose, which was to bring people to, 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 to the Father. And your difficult situation that God might call you to, it's not that. He's actually asking you to let go of your thing and begin to pick up his purpose and say, God, that's what's going to rule my life. The thing that you have for me is good for me. It's not just, oh, it's going to be painful and it's going to be terrible. It will require sacrifice. But let me tell you this, when you begin to step into what God has for you, what he created you for, the purpose that's on your life, you will not be able to stop. You will begin to experience the joy of God in a way that will never happen and doing it your way. You'll begin to experience the, the, the presence of heaven just blowing on you as you meet needs, as you lift people up, as you bring hope into places. That's what happens when you step into, as you pick up your cross. And Grow Track helps you to do that. We want to help you to find your purpose. We, it's not the, the life of, of God is not intended to be just sitting, waiting for this to be done in 
25 minutes. I might be done before that. That's not what church Christianity is about, about just attending a service. Christianity is about becoming a new person. Christianity is about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Christianity is about stepping into all that God has for you because people need the purpose that's locked up inside of you that right now is just potential, but God wants to release as a fresh purpose in the world because the world needs what God put inside of you. God wants you to put and take that thing that's in there and not let it go to the grave with you. Don't let dreams go to the grave. Don't let, let hopes go to the, dra- the grave with you. Don't, don't let that thing that you once dreamed would be possible stop because you're in the middle of a battle right now. Let the purpose of God come out of you. Pick up your cross and say, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I choose today. I want you to reset my purpose. I want you to reset my life. I'm putting it on and say, let's go, God. I'm going to find my purpose. The potential of God in you is only released when you surrender to the call of God that's on you. Everyone is called by God. Jesus said, whosoever, whoever wants, whoever, it's all available. Follow me. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow me. Now, some of us might not like this. Surrender. Some of us have control issues. Don't elbow your spouse. I meant you. Follow. Follow me. The direction of my life determines the destiny of my life. And if some of us continue on a direction we're going, it's a dead-end street. It's a life of just existing. It's a gorilla suit when God intended your life to be a life filled with purpose and hope and meaning released through your life. Psalm 16 and 11 says that Jesus will show me the way of life. He brings me. He's not, about, he, he's not about bringing you to some nasty place. He actually wants to bring you to the place that you were created for, the place that was designed for you before the foundation of the world. And, and some of us are in this place that, well, I, I, well, how will I do this? Jesus protects you from being destroyed by the needs and demands of others because some of us are led by every little thing that happens. Oh, or you're needed here. Yes. And you say, yes to everything and it's exhausting you and destroying your life and your relationships because you don't know how to say no because you haven't learned how to listen to Jesus. You've listened to need and need and Jesus are different and it crushes. And then there's other people who do nothing because they've closed their ear to need and they don't know how to hear Jesus or maybe they've gone through such pain in their life, they've excluded themselves, they've, they've gone through such difficulty that the pain is too great, the isolation is, is helpful for them. Some of us, the anxiety is so limited us, I don't know where to go or how to get out of here. Jesus will show you the way of life. So many of us have so many things going on that we're burning out, but Jesus can show you the way of life. Someone says, I recently retired. I don't know what God wants from me now. Jesus will show you the way of life. Perhaps you're a young adult wondering what your life will look like, where you should go with it, and you say, I can't hear God. I'd do what he asked if he'd speak. Jesus will show you the way of life. And we are going to have, and just in, in October, we're going to have Set Free Retreat where you're going to have an opportunity to see Jesus do some incredible healing in, in lives. We've seen God do just incredible things where I remember this one person was standing in front of it at the end of our set free retreat and said, a year ago I was on all kinds of medication and, and I felt God as we had some prayer with her, felt God say, I want you to go off your medication. She worked with her doctor and over the process of a year she weaned herself off of it and 
She stood there and she said, a year ago, I could hardly leave my house. I would not be standing in front of a group of people speaking, but God has set me free and I can begin to dream again because I'm out of an isolated prison that's held me back. We believe that Jesus still heals. And when he says, follow me, he's not just saying, dragging you along, but he actually has good things that he wants to unlock for you. There's doors that he wants to open for you that you will never discover any other way except through following him. So we want to teach you how to hear God's voice. You'll see one of the groups is hearing God. We believe that everybody can hear God, every follower of Jesus. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And so hearing God is available for you as well. Look for that in our groups because the power of God can lead you out of some stuff that you thought you'd never be able to shake. It's all about a reset. From you carrying your burden, it's not like, these are all like, man, that's tough stuff. But this is all about a God. It's all about a Jesus who has your good in, in mind. It's all about a Jesus who wants you to discover what life is all about. It's all about a Jesus who, who has just an incredible uh, life-giving purpose for you. And so when you see that, you're like, if, if that's just a crazy person I'm following, then I wouldn't do that. But this is Jesus who says that before you were born, I knew you, I set you apart. This is Jesus who, who says that you are called, you have a purpose on your life. And so when he says this, he's actually leading you into something. Do you see what Jesus sees in you? Do you know what Jesus sees in you? Do you know what God wants to do through you? If you, the answer is no, it's time for a reset. It's time for a reset because the world needs what God has put inside of you as potential, to not stay as potential, but to be manifested in purpose. The potential of God in you is only released when you surrender to the call of God on you. In another place, because we have a hard time getting it, Jesus tells the story that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. A small little seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all the seeds. But it becomes the largest of the garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds come and make nests in its branches. He's saying this is what, how God works. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like a yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put a little yeast in, three measures of flour, it permeated, got through every part of the dough. My great-grandmother, when she was first married, one of the things that a good wife did in those days, I think that anybody can do it now, but it was in the 1920s, uh, was make bread. And so she was a young married lady, and she's going to make some bread for her husband when he comes home. Makes all the bread. It doesn't rise. It's nothing's happening. She was so embarrassed. She went into the garden, dug a big hole early in the spring. And the heat is, the sun is shining a bit. Dug a hole, threw that bunch of dough into that hole and covered it up so no one would ever know what happened. Several hours later, her husband is coming home. He comes and he looks in the garden and he says to my great-grandmother, he says, what is the mushroom that's growing in the garden? It's about three foot tall of this massive dough that had exploded out of the soil. The yeast had done its job. And so, I don't know what that has to do with it. I saw this funny story. But, I know, I'm getting there. Mustard is, the mustard seed is a tiny, tiny seed. 
tiny, tiny seed, like a, almost like the size of a carrot seed, if you've ever seen that. Leaven is a single-cell microorganism, small, single-cell. Both are tiny and seemingly insignificant. A seed in a garden, less than a teaspoon into four cups of flour. Both are created with great potential inside of them. Their potential is only released when they yield and their position is reset. Their purpose was found in environments that seemed hostile and overwhelming. It always takes time to see potential turn into purpose. Their purpose was not limited by their size. The seed became a great tree that birds landed, and the leaven made flour into literally, they estimate, 800 loaves of bread from the amount that Jesus said. Like them, you have potential inside of you. You have the life of God inside of you. You have the gift of God inside of you if you follow Jesus. And your potential is not limited by the size of your gift that you feel. The potential is not limited by the background that you come out of. Your potential is not limited by the pain that you've been through. Your potential is not determined by anything other than by the seed of God that's inside of you. And here's what we get, is that God created every one of us with purpose, with destiny, with design. The potential for greatness is inside of you, and God thinks that's okay. But your greatness is not found in a place of comfort like a seed on a shelf. Your greatness is not found in, the, in your place of comfort like some yeast in a cup, in, on the, in the cupboard. But the greatness is only found when it's removed and reset into a different environment. And in that environment, it is changed and it changes the environment that it came into. That's the power of God working within you. When you say yes to Jesus, he takes what's so small and insignificant to you and does something and multiplies the effect of it in you. But it never will change. Your life will never change until you make a decision that your potential is not all you're going to live for. You're going to see the purpose of God in your life realized. You're going to step into some things that people have said never will happen for you. You're going to step out of some pain that has forever debilitated you. So don't despise the day of small beginnings. Some of us have stories that might seem to limit us or shock. We'd be shocked if we heard them perhaps. But God is bigger than your story he has not put a period. He's put a comma. And there's still a lot of pages to be written in your book. If you're breathing air, if you're drinking water, if you're existing here, it's so that you can make a difference in the world so that that little seed can become a great tree, that that dream of God in your life can bring such an effect in you. You will be changed and your world will be different because of it. Reset. Reset. Not about me, not about my way, not about limiting Jesus to a safe little place. But he says, whoever wants to be my disciple, the Spirit of God is in you. If you follow Jesus and the seemingly harsh environment of a dominant culture right now that would seem to limit the forward advance of the kingdom of God, like the seed, 
The seed didn't care that it was buried and, and under the dirt and in the dark where nobody saw. It just did what seeds do in the right place when they allow themselves to be reset. The potential in them came out as purpose. See, the, the culture that we're in doesn't limit us any more than yeast is limited when it's placed into the flower. It doesn't care that it's overwhelmed by flour, that nobody sees it, it's mixed in. It's just all a part of it. But the influence of the kingdom of God, the influence of the power of God changes your life when you begin to give God access to places that you've currently called off limits to him. When you put crime scene around areas in your heart and say nobody's going past there. But today might be your day. This might be your year to see a reset, to see some things that are broken put back into order so that healing can flow. To see you place from a move back from where you were, from where you are to where you were in God, that the, kin, the fire of God can be rekindled inside of you, that the dream of God can come alive again, that you could begin to dream for a new future, that in the timing of God it would come for, because your potential is to accomplish purpose. Your purpose is always an answer to a problem, and when you don't reach your potential, you are leaving the world with problems unsolved. Jesus had this incredibly optimistic, expansive view of his kingdom. He tell, told the story of a seed and, a, and some leaven so that we couldn't miss it. You, the people of God, would carry the kingdom of God into places that seem impossible. Jesus said, I will build my church, and that's not an institution. It's not a building, it's people. He said, I'm going to build people that are so great, that are so full of me, so full of my goodness, my power, my kindness, my love, that the gates of hell will not prevail against them. Another translation says, they will not, the gates of hell will not be able to withstand it. In other words, things are moving forward. I will put together a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. An advancing, forward-moving group of people that are not afraid of to move into new ground, empowered by the Holy Spirit, pushing against and in, into every area of darkness. Canada is not too hard for God. Vancouver is not too hard for God. Your husband is not too hard for God. Your nation is not too hard for God. Surrey is not too hard for God. The, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing in our nation. And if you will be a part of what God's doing, God will transform you. God will transform people through you. See, Jesus made his followers to be unstoppable. He has called you to be a hope dealer. Some of you were like, what? Sorry, hope dealer. I didn't say dope dealer. Some of you hope dealer. He sees you as one that's been brought from death to life. He sees you as a life bringer. He sees you as a rescuer of people. He sees you as one carrying you, carrying more influence than your background gives you right to carry. He says the powers of hell cannot stop the purposes of God that are inside of you. The schemes of your haters cannot thwart the plans of God that are for you. You might think that this is for somebody else. I'm disqualified. I'm too far gone. I don't have a place. I've just settled for what it is. This is the good as it's going to get. Jesus ends this, whoever wants to save their life, in other words, whoever wants to have their best life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, in other words, whoever says yes, whoever follows me, whoever picks up the cross, whoever denies himself for my sake will find life, will save it. Reset your life. And as we step into a week of prayer and fasting, as we step into a new ministry year, some of you might have been here for the first time and some of you might have been here for a long time. Wherever you are, God gives an invitation through the person of Jesus who says, whoever 
wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to see their life change, whoever wants to become like me and have the power of God flow in me and, and see my, my world be different, whoever, it's time for a reset to set again anew, to put what's broken back for a place for healing. Time for a reset. Because the Jesus that I serve said in Luke 19, says about this, says that Jesus said he came to seek and to save the lost. He's looking for you. He's looking for you. You might feel lost in your anxiety and in your, your pain or what, what issue that you're working through that you hope nobody will find. But Jesus is looking for you, not to destroy you, not to judge you, but to heal you and set you on a new path. Some of you might feel lost in a battle against where you have against the enemy or against life where you feel you've lost your passion, but Jesus is looking for you. Some of you might feel so confused with your identity and you've, you've lost who you are and you wonder where the one that you were has gone to. Jesus is looking for you. Jesus has come on a mission to find, to seek, to save the lost so that we can be reconciled to God. And that the life that he has for us, the potential of God in you, is only released when you surrender to the call of God on you. Uh, Pastor, I'm a Christian. Like, what, do you, what more do you want? I want all the potential that's inside of you, and God wants all the potential inside of you to not go to the grave. I want businesses that are in your heart to be started not so that you can just have a bigger car and a fancier house, but so that God would pour millions of dollars through your hand and you'll be able to bless people. You'll be able to help widows. You'll be able to help orphans. I want some of you to dream again about a future that includes something that's going to be a stretch for you. Some of you that have isolated yourself because of pain and you see no way of ever stepping out of loneliness and isolation where once a thing that was terrible for you has now become familiar to you and you live with it. People who behind the gorilla suit don't want anybody to know that the fire and the, the passion that you once had is, seems to have drifted away and gone. Some people in this room perhaps never have made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life. You've been part of the crowd. You've been around. You've seen what Jesus has done. You've heard the tale of. But you will never experience all that God has for you as an observer. You will never experience all that God intended for your life watching from the sidelines. But Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. You might feel like there's no way for you. But the Bible says that God is rich in mercy and abounding in love. While we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. Not when we had it all together. While we had everything out of order, when our sin separating us from God, Jesus calls. He came to seek and to save the lost. I invite you to stand and we're almost done. I invite you to bow your head for a moment. I want to just give an opportunity to respond to the Word of God. First, you bow your head and close your eyes. It's nothing spooky. We just want to give privacy to the people around us. And as I've talked about living beyond just potential, but actually stepping into your purpose to solve problems and issues that God wants to use you for,
You might say, Pastor, I don't know that I'm right with God. I'm not sure that I'm, I've given Jesus the leadership of my life. And I just want to give you an opportunity. The Bible says, how do we come into that place of moving into following Jesus? It's one, it starts with A, acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I need God. I can't do this life by myself. Two, or B, believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to follow him. I don't have to have everything answered, but I know it starts with Jesus. And then finally, confess with your mouth. So with your head bowed and eyes closed around you, I'm just going to ask, if you're in this room and saying, I want to make Jesus the forgiver and leader of my life for the very first time, just throw your hand up and I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Just pop your hand up. I want to pray for you that you can pass from death to life. Step into the family of God. The per- great purpose of God. My left, your right. Straight down the middle. It's going to say, I want to make Jesus the forgiver and leader of my life. My right, your left. All right. So this week as we go into prayer, it's the second response now. I'm just going to ask, who would be willing to ask Jesus, what do you want to reset in my life? What do you want to reset in my life? And by asking the question, you're implicitly saying, God, I'll do it. I don't want to live another year in a gorilla suit. I want to actually step into all that God has for me. You're saying, Pastor, I'm going to be praying this week. Number one, for that, and I'm going to give Jesus permission. What do you want in my life? If that's you, just throw your hand up. What reset do you want in my life? What do you want to reset in my life? What do you want to reset in my life? Where do you want to reorganize? Where do you want to reorder? Where, what perspectives do you want to reshape? What lies do you want to pull out of my heart? So, Father, with literally dozens of hands all around the room, Lord, Lord, I pray that as we approach your this week of prayer and fasting, Lord, whether we're fasting, whatever we're fasting, Lord, that you would reset perspectives. Lord, I pray that you, this would begin a process of breaking out of mindsets that have controlled people for far too long. Lord, I pray that there would be healing that would happen in hearts, that would this year would mark, this week would mark the beginning of a year that looks absolutely different because you've set things right. You've set things that are broken into order so that healing could flow. You've set people that have felt like outsiders are being moved into a place where they'll feel like insiders. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this week, Lord. That is, we invite you, Lord, that you will speak to us, that you will lead us, that you will guide us. Lord, I pray for our church, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would reset us into the alignment of what you have for us. Lord, that we will not go around with any kind of uh, issue that is untouched by you, Lord, that you want to deal with us. Lord, I pray that we would step into all that you have for us this year. That we would deny ourselves, that we would pick up our cross, our purpose, and follow you. Give us ears to hear what you're saying in the strong name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Two things. Grow track right after the service. If you're new and you want to find out more about our church, connect. We have some lunch for you, 1215. Secondly, a week of prayer and fasting, uh, we talked about this in the prayer room. Jen did. Because we do it every year, and if you're around, it can become something that becomes habit, and we lose the life in it. 
because we just approach it that way. Can I ask you to approach it with some great expectation? And you're asking Jesus, Lord, what do you want to reset in my life? He's going to speak to you. He's going to start a process that's going to change your life. There are booklets at the Welcome Center. You, if you're on the, on the e-bulletin, you'll get them every day. Thank you for being willing to be reset. Yeah, they're at the back. They're in the Welcome Center, the, the booklets. Good. Or you can grab one. There's only 150 of them. So if you get it on your e-bulletin and you'll be okay without a booklet, leave it for somebody else. But if you really love a booklet, I... I Thank you. God bless you as you go.